On today's Pedone My Take, we talk NFL Draft. The Cleveland Browns are on the clock. The NFL Draft is here in Cleveland, Ohio. We'll be joined by special guest Cleveland Browns safety Sheldrick Redwine. Awesome interview with him coming around at about 8.15. You don't want to miss that. We break down his draft. I break down tonight's, this week's draft. So much to talk about. Great interview with Sheldrick. We get into our big plays of the week, of course, presented by BigPlay.com because the NFL draft is finally here in downtown, and I have the perfect shirt for you to celebrate. Visit the Big Play store, head to store.bigplay.com, and pick up a 2021 Cleveland draft shirt because we are not here to draft a quarterback. The Browns are going to address a position of need, and you need a shirt to commemorate the huge night in Cleveland. The Big Play Store has a ton of great exclusive Cleveland designs and is also the home of the officially licensed Padone My Take t-shirt, so make sure you pick up one of those. While you're there, use promo code Padone at checkout and save 15% off your entire order. That's my last name, Padone, at 15% off of your entire purchase over at the Big Play Store. Without further ado, let's do it. Welcome on in. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Padone my take. We're streaming live on bigplay.com, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, of course, as always, for free, on demand, on Apple Pods and Spotify. If you miss a show, that's the way to listen to Padone my take anytime, anywhere. Obviously, super packed show tonight. Sheldrick Redwine joins at around 8.15. First off, I got to apologize. Being off last Wednesday, no call, no show. Had to tweet it out just before the show. I was planning all throughout the day, like, I'm going to do this show Wednesday night. We're doing it. No question about it. And then COVID-19 Pfizer shot the second one day after put me on my rear end. I thought I was going to be able to power through, but it did not get better at all throughout the day. But we're back here now. Padone My Take is live. Like I said, Sheldrick Redwine Brown Safety joins us at about 8.15. NFL Draft is tomorrow. That's the big news. The Cleveland Browns are the proud holders of the 26th overall selection. First off, that's just beautiful irony, right? The fact that the Browns finally have the draft in Cleveland, we've had so many cool opportunities to host it, even before like the Miles Garrett draft, the Baker draft, even last year with Jedrick Wills, obviously couldn't have happened due to COVID-19 last year. But it just figures that we have the 26th pick and the Browns, it's right in Cleveland's backyard. The the stage, you could literally throw a rock and hit the side of the stadium. And now the draft is here. I'm personally not complaining. I'm excited. I still think we're going to get a solid player with the 26th pick. It's just, you can't write it much funnier than that. We got a Twitter poll up tonight for the program going into tomorrow up until draft time. Cleveland Browns have the 26th pick. They'll have some options there. They they could prevent a guy from falling into the second round at 26, or they could catch a guy that slips. My, my question to you is pretty simple, and it's this. What do you want the Cleveland Browns to do 
at the 26th pick. That's on Twitter at PadoneMyTake. You could also drop a comment on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, the whole nine. We'll read some tweets throughout the show. I want defense. I really do. And I know the wide receiver craze thing is out there. We'll get into that tonight. I want defense, but but to be completely honest with you, I really don't care. I'm at this weird spot throughout the draft process where usually every year I fall into there's a guy that I really want. You know, in my in 2017, everybody wanted Miles. In 2018, man, the debates were plentiful of which quarterback the Browns should take. And it ended up being Baker Mayfield. Some people were really happy. I was one of those people. Some people were devastated. It seems like people have started to turn around. Last year, you had an offensive tackle that you like. Now with 26, we're in a little bit of a different spot because people know that really the majority of this team needs defense. That's what kind of prevented the Browns from taking that next step and dethroning the Kansas City Chiefs and playing in a divisional game against the Buffalo Bills at the end of last season. Feels like the consensus is defense. Now the wide receiver thing is out there. To be honest, I really don't care. I was on big play reflog on Monday. Dave, Chris McNeil, we had Dane Brugler on from The Athletic. Awesome interview if you missed it. That one's on Apple Pods and Spotify as well. They kind of talked me down. You know, from I, I was a little nervous. I was like, I really hope we get a good defensive player. We need that. We need to make a run at the Super Bowl now. And then I've come to this realization that the Browns could go into this weekend and this won't happen, but they could neglect to make every pick. They could let the clock run out of when they're on the clock, every pick, and not draft a single player, and they would still be a playoff roster on paper. It's really a better returning roster than the roster that played against the Kansas City Chiefs this winter. So here's where I'm at. Edge rusher would be nice. Don't get me wrong. Would be awesome to have a long-term answer opposite Miles Garrett. Would be huge. Jadavion Clowney, not probably the permanent answer. So I hear you. Edge rusher people, I hear you. That would be nice. Corner. A corner would be nice. We've seen Denzel Ward deal with some up and down injuries. Greedy Williams missed all of last year with that nerve damage in his shoulder. We've learned that nerves aren't something that just magically grow back. That's something that Greedy is going to have to deal with. So a corner. I could see that at 26, you know, in an insurance policy. Also factor in to the equation that Joe Woods likes to run a lot of secondary, you know, only two linebackers on the field with five fast defensive backs that cover the field. I see a corner. A linebacker would be nice. Probably won't happen. You know, Jacob Phillips, Anthony Walker. I think those will be the solid two linebackers, Sione Takitaki and Mac Wilson in rotation. A linebacker would be nice at 26. You know, get a guy with a first-round pick. You have five years control. Probably not going to happen. I know I see the Zaven Collins mock drafts and the Jamin Davis mock drafts. I'm here to tell you right now that that's probably not going to happen. Maybe if Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame is there, and I ace that name, by the way, so pimping that for, for, for a second. Shout out to myself for that name pronounce. 
I think that could get things interesting. I think that's the type of player that the Cleveland Browns could really be interested in looking at just because he's a do-it-all defender, and I think that fits Joe Woods really well. He could get after the quarterback from the linebacker spot. He could be used as a rover safety to kind of cover the other the whole field. Notre Dame's JOK is somebody that I get excited about, but I'm asking you all on Twitter, at Take. With the 26th pick, what do you want to see the Browns do in the first round? It seems like the wide receiver thing is really picking up steam. And at first, I didn't understand it. Now I get it. I'm going to explain it in a second. We have Sheldrick Redwine joining the show in just a few minutes. So I want you guys to stay put for that. But I need to hear from you all on Twitter. What do you want to see the Browns do with the 26th pick? We have some tweets. Ham Illegal tweets the show and says he's voting for an edge or linebacker. Seems like people are cheering on some defense early. Let's get another tweet up here. Corey in Cleveland tweets the show, and he said he's looking at an edge rusher, a corner, a receiver, and then a linebacker. Has kind of an ordered list going on there. And I can't disagree with that, right? Because edge is a big need. Jadavion Clowney's only going to be here for one year. Corner, big need. You've had some big injuries that probably have costed you a few games on in that position room. A receiver would be nice. We'll talk receiver after Sheldrick Redwine joins the show. And then a linebacker at four. You know, if they decide to take one, if those three positions aren't on the table at that point, then it could be a plausible thing for the Browns to do. I'm just so like, I've come such a far way since Monday in the sense that as a Browns fan, I could sit back at 26 and know that if it is a wide receiver for whatever reason, or if it is a corner, even though Denzel Ward is healthy and Greedy Williams will be healthy for the start of training camp, I could sit back as a Cleveland Browns fan and say, damn, This is cool because this is a rookie that's not going to be rushed into a bad spot. They're going to be able to sit back on a veteran team and find out how to win some football games. So I appreciate all those tweets that we're pouring in. I want you guys to join the conversation as well. What do you want the Browns to tweet? Tweet the show at Padone. What do you want the Browns to take at 26? Tweet the show at Padone My Take. Tweet me at Nick Padone 12. Seems like there's a lot of possible options out there, and there will be tomorrow night. Before we get into all of those, man, I can't believe this. Remember when I said that this was the Sheldrick Redwine fan club show when we were trying to get Sendejo out of town? We love Sheldrick Redwine. Joining us now on Padel My Take is a Cleveland Browns 2019 fourth round pick. Had an interception on Big Ben Roethlisberger in the first round of the playoffs. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Sheldrick Redwine. All righty, on the line, joining us now, Cleveland Browns safety, Sheldrick Redwine. Sheldrick, thanks for joining BigPlate.com today. How are you, my friend? Doing good. How about you? Good, good. Thank you. So we got to start off here. It's NFL Draft Week, man. Are you excited? You fired up to see what the Browns are going to do here? Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I can't wait. Yeah, for sure. Um, talk to me about when you were drafted. 2019, obviously fourth round pick. 
little bit different now, I imagine, for some of these guys in the world of COVID. They didn't have a combine, you know, some smaller pro days. What was that process like for you? You know, it was a long process, you know, but I enjoyed the process, you know, just getting ready, you know, and uh, just being able to see, you know, dreams that you have as a little kid become fulfilled, you know, so it's a great process, you know, it's a long, tough process, uh, training, getting your body ready for the next level, you know, but it's, it's, a, it's a worthy process that pays off in the end, you know. Yeah, definitely. For the fans that don't know, after the call, you know, that sometimes they see the call, the GM is talking to you, you know, you want to come be a Brown, that kind of stuff. After that, is that kind of like a hectic time for you guys? Like, what's kind of the timeline like after that call happens during draft week? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of emotions that, that go through your head. You know, uh, on one side, you see a dream being realized. And on the other side, you know, it's time for business. So, you know, it's a quick timeline. You know, they get you up there, try to get you accustomed and acclimated as quick as possible. You know, so it, it, it's a fast it's a fast moving process. You know, once they call your name, that team chooses you. You know, you're part of the team now and they try to get you they try to get you inside the curve ahead, um, as quick as possible. Yeah, definitely. You know, they're <clears throat> probably trying to do that right now with some of the players that the Browns were able to add this offseason on your defensive side of the football. Got a couple guys from the Rams, John Johnson, the third Troy Hill. I got to imagine being in that defensive room, being in those meetings. You got to be pretty fired up about those. Well, yeah, I'm definitely excited, man. You know, being able to play with guys, you know, that produced in the NFL, you know, it's always exciting to add those type of pieces to the team, you know. So we welcome and, you know, I can't wait to, you know, just pick their brain, learn what they know, you know, so I could approve it to our game, you know, and then as a collective unit come together and bond. All right. So I got to give you some love too. You talk about producing in the NFL here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if for, for us here in Cleveland, I don't know if you truly understand that interception on big Ben in the playoffs in Heinz field. Walk me through that, man. That, that was a magical run. Uh, the interception, man, it, it, it was, it's crazy, man. Like just the, the whole, the whole pre-week that we had before that, you know, we, uh, I think we had a little time from practice cut off. You know, we had people, you know, going down from COVID, you know, it was a tough stretch, but the interception, man, it was cover two, you know, and I covered two, you know, I seen never, I didn't have anything threatened in my zone, you know, so I kind of melted with the quarterback, you know, and then to see our D line did a great job of getting pressure, forcing a hot throw, you know, went off the receiver's hand, you know, and by the grace of God, man, the ball fell in, you know, fell into my lap, man. And it's, it's crazy, you know, to think about those type of plays, you know, it was a, a huge play in the game, you know, but, from the start of the game, you know, we came out first play of the game, defensive touchdown, you know, so being able to have that momentum and keep that momentum transitioning through, you know, it ended up, I think, with like four, four turnovers or something like that, you know, so it was a huge play in the game, you know, but it was one of many plays, you know, that we was able to come out with the victory. And it was such a strange season. I know you mentioned it. You know, your practice time was cut short that week. You were without your head coach in that game. I feel like that doesn't get talked enough about as nationally. People were writing off the Browns without Coach Stefanski. And then you guys came out in the first half and put on that kind of performance, man. All I got to say as someone that grew up in this city is thank you. That What a ride that was. Man, you know, it was fun, you know. Uh, and, you know, being down, a couple of guys, you know, being down here, Coach, you know, we, I'm, I, you know, we knew that people were trying to write us off, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, you still got to go out there and you got a job to perform. So, you know, we all looked each other in the eyes like, you know, it is what it is. Let's go out there and do it. 
you know, coming into this season, is there a little bit more of a sense of normalcy? Like maybe we could kind of get back to the way that things were in 2019, just as, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, maybe we won't be missing practice on one day's notice every week. Is it kind of feel like we're slowly starting to get back to normal or have, have you had the opportunity to get that at all? To be honest, I don't even know, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get back into the normal mix of things, but you know, it's, it's an unpredictable season. It's an unpredictable time that we're living in. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing that you can really, you know, harp on and say this is going to get like this. You know, you can hope for it, but, you know, it is going to be what it is. For sure. Something that happened in the playoff run that gets not not enough love, not enough talk about is you guys brought back the turnover chain. The turnover dog bone was on that <laughs> sideline for some of those playoff games there. Obviously, for the fans that don't know, that originated during your time in Miami at the U. Talk me through how you guys brought the turnover dog bone chain to Cleveland, because it seems like everybody's trying to copy that. Like the University of Akron does like the turnover pencil. They have a gigantic pencil on their sideline. Like talk to me about how that was to get that in Cleveland. To be honest, I had no idea Mac was bringing it up. You know, after I caught the interception, I just seen him running to me with it. I'm like, what is this? He just put it around my neck. I'm like, man, it's funny, you know, uh, just having that type of, you know, uh, him, you know, I honestly don't know how it came about, you know, but like I said, I just seen him with it. And then I asked him about it later, like, where you got this from? You know, and then it was just funny, you know, being, you know, coming from college, having to turn over chain, having those experience. And then, you know, from the U, every, you know, a lot of people trying to, we trendsetters. So a lot of people like to try to go to trends with us, you know, so it's nothing like the original, but, you know, the dog bone, it was a, it was a, a hell of a, you know, feeling to be able to get that and then, you know, Mac, me and Mac funny, you know, so he, he put it on me. We went to laugh and talking about how it was at you. So it's funny, but, you know, I appreciate it. And it's, it's a great tradition. Yeah, definitely. Is that something that's kind of a little bit of a motivating factor? Like, even though it is just kind of a silly, funny thing over on the sideline, like just the fact that, you know, like at your time at the U, you knew you were going to run to the sideline and be able to put that chain on. Oh, at, at the U? Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, we, when Coach Diaz first put it out, you know, we, we it was a race to try to get the first one. You know, I almost had the first one, you know, but they called my interception hitting the ground, you know. But I told myself as soon as I get it, you know, I'm going to start acting crazy with it. So the first time I got it, you know, I just from there on, you know, I wanted to put celebrations on the map, you know, and then just having an incentive like that. You know, I, I like having fun with football. So everything I did, you know. I'm, I get cam I'm camera shy a little bit off the field, you know, but when it comes to the field, you know, I'm always looking for the camera to do something. So, you know, I love having that chain on. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're bringing some fun to the sport in a completely different way. Obviously, sports cards, trading cards, collectibles are something that those type of things have been around for a really long time. You've become the first Cleveland Browns player to launch an NFT, which is a non-fungible token. How did that come about? How could fans get involved? We got to talk about this because it's just the coolest thing going right now. Uh, yeah, the NFT with non-fungible tokens, you know, I first, I first uh, learned about it through a course that I'm taking, you know, uh, through a mentor named 19 keys, you know, he show, uh he give, give game, but like the, just the digital aspect of everything that's going on right now. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of digital transactions that's happening, you know, that a lot of people are not aware of, you know, so he brought a light to me of understanding it. And then once I got that understanding, you know, I went and did my own research, you know, and then just seeing the value of it, I see the value of it, you know, uh, and then with COVID, you know, 
COVID having people inside, you know, and limiting uh peer to peer, like limiting the amount of time that we can actually interact with each other, you know, that that forced the digital space to, you know, kind of get here a little quicker. You know, so I just uh really been in my room, you know, just doing a lot of research on digital, you know, and then when it came about, you know, I had an idea, you know, like just he he gave a lot of ideas, you know, of what we could do with it, you know. So digital trading cards, I feel like is a great way to be being able to capitalize on that market, you know, for sports and athletes, you know. So having that, you know, it's it's a great feeling that I was the first one on the team to be able to do that, you know, and then I, I plan on dropping plenty more, you know. So it's gonna be a lot of stuff in the future. You know, I see it as a the next billion dollar market that I'm trying to capitalize on off outside the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've kind of had an opportunity and I've talked about it on this show before to see what the NBA has been able to do with Top Shot and that whole like platform that they have built for really almost any player to have moments. Sounds like maybe the NFL is getting into that. Could you see some of your teammates possibly hopping on board if this gets a little bit bigger? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I feel like it's definitely going to become mainstream. But, you know, me, I, I try to be like an innovator. I try to get into the space you know, before it becomes mainstream, you know, so I can already have a little knowledge about it. So once it becomes mainstream, I'm able to navigate through it, you know, with a sense of comfortability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen your tweets out there, you know, cheering on Dogecoin on Doge Day, mm -hmm. <laughs> getting that rolling as well. So that's super cool, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, so I feel like, you know, uh, we headed toward a real, you know, digital autonomous time, you know, so being able to just understand the digital reality that we headed towards, you know, and just, like I said, just being able to capitalize on it. You know, I recently bought a Facebook Oculus. You know, I spend time in virtual reality. You know, I, I bought some, uh, you know, I've been trying to learn about uh, spatial reality, augmented reality, you know, so I have a couple assets in all of those phases, you know, just trying to stick my foot in it just to learn more about it, you know, just doing research about them. And then, you know, I, it's, I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's not a lot of like, it's people that study these things, but it's not a lot of it's not a lot of people who under, really understand it, you know, so it really takes time doing research, you know, and hours trying to really learn about what it is to really be able to capitalize on it. Yeah, definitely. How are you liking the the VR goggles? Has that kind of been cool? That's something that I've kind of always wanted to take a look at. Never really had the chance to. Man, it's, it's so cool. Like it, it literally takes you to another world, you know, so being able to just be in that, you know, sometimes I just put them on, watch movies it creates a whole movie theater setting for you. You know, you can look to your left, look to your right, there's movies, chairs, you take, you take the goggles off and you just back and it's like, it's crazy, you know? So they got games on it. You know, I, I play games for hours. I do boxing on it, you know? So you feel like you're really fighting somebody. So, you know, I, I, I don't spent, you know, 30, 45 minutes, you know, fighting, you know, virtual reality boxes, you know, but and taking off the goggles and being in the full sweat, feeling like I just did five rounds against somebody for real. <laughs> it's insane man 2021 what what a weird time feels like just the other day we were on game boys and nintendo ds's your nft though is a little bit different you got something that kind of sweetens the deal maybe and i thought that this was such a good idea for people that maybe don't really understand what nfts are maybe this is the first one that they could be thinking about buying you guys are kind of offering a little on field or some ticket action if fans are going to be allowed in the stands if not maybe Maybe some more just virtual Zoom calls like what we got you on here for the show. That's super cool, man. That's a great way to get fans involved. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, that's also something that I learned. And, of course, you know, uh, I think the proper name for it is like digital twins. When you give a digital asset, 
but you also incentivize it with the physical aspect, you know, so just, that's just a little bit more innovation that I, you know, that I try to take, you know, I, I try to take, you know, game from people who are in those spaces. You know, I watch Mark Cuban talk. Mark Cuban talks about it, you know, how he's been studying for hours, trying to get into it. Gary V, you know, I like to follow those guys, those guys who innovated those, like who's innovated and capitalized on these spaces early, you know, so I follow their lead, you know, and try to do my own research about it, but then try to throw my own little twist on it. Yeah, definitely. You can add my name to that list too, man. Because <laughs> after after this call airs, after our interview is out there, I might have to go ahead and get my ETH on Rarible and place a bit on this thing. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, definitely, man. I I spend I spend at least probably two to three hours a day, you know, just researching crypto, looking at crypto. You know, what does this mean? You know, what does this mean? You know, so learning about the blockchain, how that works, you know, and learning about the usage of each tokens, you know, what you can actually use them for, you know, aside of just putting money in, you know, what is it actually used for, you know? So I've gotten on Decentraland, I've gotten on Upland, buying virtual reality spaces, you know? So it's, I, I spend a lot of time, you know, just learning about the digital realm, you know, cause I feel like, you know, the movies that we grew up watching with all that digital stuff, you know, it's actually becoming our reality, you know? So I feel like to be able to navigate through that, you have to understand it, especially early, you know, so everybody know about Bitcoin and stuff, but, you know, it's a lot of other coins that have different usages and stuff, you know, so it's, it's, I like teaching people about this type of stuff too, because, you know, a lot of people don't have exposure to this type of knowledge, you know, so I like to, you know, just break it down as simple as possible to people, you know, in a one-on-one setting when people, you know, people come to me asking me like, what is this, you know, like, how do you, like, what is it, you know what I'm saying? So I try to break it down as simple as possible and try to get people to understand that it's really not, is difficult as a lot of people think it is getting into the digital aspect, you know, like I've been trying to teach myself coding, you know? So one thing that I, I it, it's a crazy goal of mine, but I want to have my own pet robot dog that's self-programmed by me to do whatever I want to do. That's okay. A goal of, that's a goal of mine. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into that. <laughs> a few questions that we have to ask that go into that. Do you have a name in mind for this robot dog yet? I, I, I don't have a name yet. Okay. You, you, okay. I got to think on. Yeah. Well, yeah, we could brainstorm that together. Okay. Second question. What kind of things would you have it do? Like go outside and get the mail, like grab you something from the fridge, like that kind of stuff or just. Oh yeah, definitely. For one, patrol in my house. You know, I, I want to have it sent, you know, uh, if anything, have it censored the, the motion, you know, and then just among other stuff, you know, I, I, I really been here just brainstorming ideas <laughs> of just how can I be different, you know, so everything I do, I try to be different with it and just throw my own little spin on it. You know, that's, that's, that's a crazy goal of mine. You know, I never seen, like, I never seen nobody with that, you know, with a self-program, you know, protective robot dog. And that's, it's a far out goal, but that's my end goal when it comes to all this digital stuff to have digital assets, have a digital pet, and then to just be able to capitalize on the entire digital market. Yeah. And it seems like that's kind of the way that things are going. You know, who knows with Elon Musk is already making cars that could drive itself and Hyperloop mm -hmm. that could get you from Cleveland to LA in like 30 minutes. Who knows? The sky's the limit for that kind of stuff. Like we're going to be living in a Jimmy Neutron kind of world where Sheldrick Redwine is pulling up to Berea <laughs> with, with Goddard in his car. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, yeah, it is. You know, so I always watch I watch uh, a lot of like a lot of I go back and rewatch a lot of movies, you know, that that talk about where the future could head, you know, like Wally. I went back and rewatched Wally, you know, Ready Player One, you know, watching those type of movies and then just thinking, you know, the people who came up with these movies, you know, it's people actually 
coming up with these products that they have in the movies. You know, I was on Facebook a couple of days ago and seen an ad about like a, a virtual reality game saying the real life Ready Player One. So people are already in production and trying to create these type of games and stuff, you know. So it's it's crazy, you know, when I think about it. And then just learning about it is interesting, you know, because not a lot of people know about it. So, you know, like I said, I like to break it down as simple as possible and just tell people about it. Yeah, definitely. And it, hopefully, you know, this kind of cool stuff is not that far away. We could still enjoy this kind of stuff when we're young, you know, like yourself, invest in it now so we could really reap the benefits of a digital world moving forward. That That's really smart. I got your Twitter up on this, on this uh, screen here for our streamers at underscore 23 never left to get people to follow you, you know, follow up on that digital journey because that's some super interesting stuff, man. I think there's a lot of people out there that are going to be interested in hearing about it too i appreciate you man to me i'm an open book you know so i love teaching people about it you know i, I just read books all day you know just what is this you know I, one thing about me you know i question everything around me you know so every question has an answer to it so you know i question something and i just look for the answer for it and then once i have an answer i'm able to create my own opinion on it and then how i want to act on that yeah, definitely. That's a solid way of thinking, of living through life. We got it all. Football, crypto, life lessons with Sheldrick Redwine. Great stuff, my friend. I'll let you get on with your draft week as we're going to get on with ours here on BigPlay.com. Do you have any predictions for number 26? Because I don't think they tell you guys that kind of stuff, do they? Oh, no, definitely not. You know, but I trust our staff, you know, our, our, our general managers, you know, upstairs, you know, I trust those guys, you know, that they'll They'll do their due diligence and bring in the best guy for the team, you know, somebody that's going to help the team, you know, move forward, you know, a, a, a first rounder, you know, so somebody who could probably come in and produce early, you know, just to help the team, you know, so I trust those guys and just, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's exciting for me, especially, you know, getting to see guys from UM, you know, uh, highly touted, you know, like Greg Russo, Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche, Brevin Jordan, those type of guys, you know, so seeing those guys that uh, especially with Greg and Brevin, you know, that I actually played with, you know, and seeing when I was an older guy and they were younger guys, like seeing the potential in those guys and then now seeing how highly touted they are, you know, it's a fulfilling, it's a fulfilling feeling for me, you know, being able to see those guys go through the journey. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows, possibly one of those could, you know, reunite with you here in Cleveland. That would be a ton of fun to kind of recreate some hurricane magic for the Browns. Oh yeah. I definitely hope so, man. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, always a good time. Sheldrick, thank you so much for hopping on the Zoom. Would love to do this again with you, man. Super cool stuff. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. All right, everybody. Sheldrick Redwine, Cleveland Brown Safety. Make sure to go throw him a follow on socials. Also, check out that NFT auction on rarible.com. Just search up Sheldrick Redwine NFT. Great stuff there. Cleveland Brown safety, Sheldrick Redwine. What an interview. We covered it all. Got some NFL draft, got some cryptocurrency talk. Who knew? Who knew that Sheldrick Redwine, that into cryptocurrency, that into the digital realm that we live in. Great stuff from Sheldrick. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at underscore 23. Never left. We move on with our Cleveland Browns talk. We got a poll up on Twitter at Padone My Take. What do you want to see the Cleveland Browns do with the 26th overall pick? 
because they have some options. It, it, it's not so clear cut and dry that the pick is going to be a linebacker. The pick is going to be a corner. Like in years past, we knew the needs. We knew that the Browns needed an offensive tackle last year, the year before they traded their pick away. But the year prior, we knew that they needed a quarterback. We knew that they needed a cornerstone piece on defense. Now the Browns are in a little bit of a different spot where they could do a number of different things. So our poll up on Twitter is what position do you want to see the Browns go in tomorrow's draft with the first round pick? We have 326 votes on this thing. Great work, everybody, blowing this thing up. 39.3% of people voted linebacker, 36.8% are voting corner, and 13.2% of people are going with edge rusher, while only 10.7% are going with wide receiver. We have some more tweets Logan's NFL tweets the show and says he's voting for an edge. Jeremy's tweeting the show and says if the DT from Alabama, Christian Bearmore, is there, I want him. But if not, the Browns should probably go corner. Eric tweets the show and says that he likes the results of how this is going, that it looks like Eric is voting for a linebacker as well. We got Kev in the chat saying he wants a kicker at 26. Listen, all jokes aside, I I think a kicker will be in play at some point this weekend, even if it's, you know, after the seventh round and into undrafted free agency, I'd be shocked if they didn't bring some sort of competition in to compete with Cody Parkey. Here's where I'm at on this Twitter poll is I want a defensive player. At first, when I started to see the wide receiver tweets trickle out, you know, really as soon as the Chiefs game ended, when the Jarvis Landry wars became a thing of people saying that we needed a fast receiver that could stretch the field and Odell Beckham Jr. You know, was coming off a big injury. Jarvis was banged up throughout the year and that he he really had a bad game against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Browns need some receiver help. I was like, no, look at this defense. We let Chad Henney run the football on third down for 14 yards and couldn't get our offense the ball back to have a chance to win that game. I said that the Browns definitely needed defense. I'm still in that camp. I still think at 26, if there's a guy that they like, one of these corners, Greg Newsom II, I look at Asante Samuel Jr., who could be a reach at 26. That's a quality defensive player that the Browns could be after Edge rushers, a long-term answer opposite Miles Garrett. Jalen Phillips, as Sheldrick Redwine said on here, Greg Russo, uh, Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Boy, there are some players on the defensive side of the football. However, I now think that I fully understand the wide receiver thing. And if it's a wide receiver at 26, I'm not going to be mad. And I guess I want to know from you guys as well. Tweet me at Nick Padone 12. Will you be mad if the Browns draft a wide receiver on Thursday night? Because at first I thought I would be. I thought I'd be really pissed to be to be quite frank because that means that the end of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry is inevitable however I think if they draft one at 26 that doesn't mean that you have to get rid of one of those two this year so in 2022 is when weird things are going to begin to happen you have Nick Chubb that needs a that needs an extension you have no fifth year option on him 
Interested to see what they do there. I think they'll probably just franchise tag him and punt on the decision to extend him any further. You have Denzel Ward that's going to need big money. You have Baker Mayfield, who's your franchise quarterback, that certainly needs big money. You have the Miles Garrett extension kick in. Wyatt Teller, who was the best guard in football last year, also up for a payday too. You got some mouths that need fed, and you look at your wide receiver room, and you see two guys that are reaching that ripe age of 30. And in the NFL, that's not an age that you want to hit because that means your paydays start going like this. They start going down. So I'm interested to see. We have another comment. Greg uh, Kev comments, don't care what position, just so long as they're a playmaker. Exactly. That's where I'm at. Even if they're not a playmaker this year, as long as the move is calculated and that it could be explained to me and that I could say, you know what, I could see how this could help the team in a year or two years extend this championship window that the Browns are in. I thought that was something very interesting. And we'll talk about this in a second as we get into our plays of the week. Jimmy Haslam, D Haslam, when they met with the media this week to talk about their excitement for the NFL draft, they mentioned that this should be an AFC championship competing team. That's where the Browns believe that they're at right now. And they should. That's the next step when you make it to the divisional round of the playoffs. The next step is to get to that championship game, hopefully win that championship game and play in a game that the Browns haven't played in. And there's been 55 of them over the last 55 years. Story for a different day. Also, as far as this wide receiver thing goes, if it happens at 26, the player that they take at 26, whether it be a receiver, you know, the Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, say they just go all in on receiver at 26, that's not going to make or break the Browns' chances of making a Super Bowl in 2022. But that's already been established by Andrew Barry through free agency of adding Troy Hill, John Johnson III, Anthony Walker to play linebacker, Malik Jackson, an underrated pickup at defensive tackle, the 26th player isn't going to change the the Vegas move the Vegas needle on will the Browns win the Super Bowl. Like it just doesn't matter that much. It's a, it's a nice building block. That's why you have first round picks is because you know, you hopefully stack them on top of each other like we've seen the Browns do since 2017 in the Miles Garrett draft and then you have something. Then you have a couple cornerstone franchise guys so if it's a wide receiver like kev dropped in the comments i'm not going to be upset as long as it's a playmaker one way or another i think where the browns are probably at right now in their meetings in the war room getting ready for this thing tomorrow and where they've probably been at for the last few days is they're looking at everything. And as we hear more and more about this wide receiver buzz at 26, they're probably looking at that 2022 depth chart and saying, is this a team that employs Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr.? Does it employ either of them? They're both have huge price tags and the Browns could alleviate a lot of money and give a lot of money to Baker, Denzel Ward, Maybe Nick Chubb, if you're in the camp of paying a running back, I'm not sure. That 2022 depth chart is something that they have in front of them, and that's why I think we're starting to hear some more momentum in the first two rounds about the Browns drafting receiver. Also, it's a passing league. It's about who could throw the ball and who could defend the thrown football. That's something that I'm interested in seeing as well because 
Joe Woods is the guy for that, we think, right? He's the guy that runs, you know, five personnel out there that are fast, that could cover the field, that could bat balls away. Something worth noting. However, Bateman, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, you know, Terrence Marshall Jr. from LSU. I don't know that you could dispute the talent of any of these players. They're all probably worthy of first round picks. It's just that there's so many other really good receivers, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, that are going to go in the top 20 picks that these guys get pushed to the back. I am so interested to see how that shakes out because those guys are all deserving. We just spent an entire show breaking it down, but it it doesn't have the the player at 26 does not have the same impact as Jedrick Wills had at 10, as Baker Mayfield did at one, as you know Denzel Ward had at four. It's different now with 26 is what I'm trying to say. It's much less. Dane Brugler said it again on Monday. He said, you know, it really, when you're drafting 26, the player that you're getting at 26 is probably about the same caliber of player that you could get in the 40s, the same kind of impact as those type of players. So as long as they hit on this thing and the player at 26 is in a complete bust, you know, Commissioner Goodell doesn't go out and say, uh, Brandon Whedon and just completely give us a left turn and a, a name that nobody was expecting to hear. I'm going to be satisfied because I really enjoy the position that the Browns are at. Obviously, we could talk about who won the draft, who lost the draft. Andrew Barry did a hell of a job last year. It, it was impressive that he had every rookie that was healthy, obviously Grant Delpit the outlier, to start a football game in their rookie year and still make it as far as the Browns made it. He has my full trust heading into this thing. This player might not start. That's okay. It might be a position where the Browns are a little bit loaded. That's okay. I'm going to be on Twitter throughout Thursday, the whole night throughout the draft, charging my phone up as we speak. I'm going to have to have it on the charger all day. I'll be downtown. I'll be at my house. I'm going to be everywhere in between, but I'm going to be watching, hearing, listening to every pick of this draft. So follow me on Twitter at NickPadone12. Tweet me throughout the night. I'll interact with each and every one of you guys because that's what draft night is all about. Let's have some fun with it. Without further ado, man, this show is flying by. Huge thanks to Sheldrick Redwine for that, I suppose. It is time for our Plays of the Week. Alrighty, Plays of the Week presented by our guys at Dugout Mugs. You guys hear me talk about my Dugout Mugs all the time the cleveland indians they're keeping their head above water there's no better time to get a dugout mug real handcrafted baseball bats with the barrel hollowed out and engraved with your favorite team's logo makes for the perfect beer mug to watch the tribe in style all summer long for my clevelanders we're in the same boat with this team the tribe might not be called the Indians for too much longer. You need to get your memorabilia while you can. Visit dugoutmugs.com slash big play to view their entire Cleveland Indians collection today. That's dugoutmugs.com slash big play. It's time for our plays of the week. If you're new to the show, welcome. Here's how we do this. We have three plays of the week. A storyline that misses the mark is our small play. 
that hits the mark as our big play and a medium play, a storyline that fell somewhere in between those. As always, we start off with our small play of the week, which is Kevin Love throwing the ball away to the Toronto Raptors. He almost moved his way up to my medium play of the week. But boy, when this happened on Monday night, I was hot. I, it, it kept me up Monday night. I'll say that. I felt disrespected. I felt like the sport that I grew up playing, loving, really idolizing that got me into sports media was disrespected. I felt like as a Clevelander that's trying to watch my Cavs go through a, a tough rebuild period. I don't think there's anyone that's denying that. Kevin Love just... He, he peed me off for what I thought was the last time. I thought that I was going to go to the extremes of never watching the Cavs again until they, you know, delete Kevin Love's contract. I still feel strongly about the matter, and I know he apologized today, and that is something that I can at least say I respect, I appreciate. He, he noticed that he screwed up despite not talking to the media immediately after that happened on Monday. I like that he cooled down. Cooler heads prevailed. He said that he's going to rock with Cleveland forever. However, actions speak louder than words. And he said this last time that an on-court blow-up happened when he threw the ball pretty much a you know, Colin Sexton's head in the midst of some struggles throughout the last few years. The guys in that locker room look up to Kevin Love as their veteran leader, for better or worse, because on the court, he's not really much of anything right now. On the court, he's very similar to what Spencer Hawes pro provided the Cavs in the first season without LeBron a few, you know, probably close to a decade ago now. That's the kind of guy that Kevin Love is on the floor. But off the floor, he's the oldest guy in the locker room. He's the guy that has NBA experience. Not only NBA experience, but playoff experience. Four straight finals experience. And younger guys like Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, that's the guy that they want to gravitate to because, hey, this is the guy that's been where we're trying to go. So for him to do that and to, to let, let's call it for what it is, give up in the middle of a professional NBA basketball game by throwing the ball to another team for an easy three-point basket in a six-point game, it's not even like this thing was a blowout. The Cavs had a chance to beat the Raptors you know, in a game that would have had some sort of, even if they were small, play-in implications that's given up on your team. So that sets a horrible example, a horrible precedent. And quite frankly, he could apologize all that he wants because this has happened once before. So if you apologize for something and then you go ahead and do it again, were you really sorry? And when you say that you're sorry again, why should I believe that you're sorry? Because you've made this mistake before. You've insulted the city, the fan base, your own team, your own locker room. How about the owner? That that's where my head went when I finally started to cool down and I took my my you know Cavs hat off. I was able to just chill. Man, what's Kobe think about this? What's Dan think about this? The fact that we gave this guy a max contract to be the face of this rebuild to hopefully lead us to the playoffs without LeBron James, something that hasn't happened in my entire lifetime, and then he goes out there and disrespects us like that? I saw a stat that said in that one second of play, 
where he inbounded the ball and the Raptors shot the three. When you break down his contract and as much money that Kevin Love is being paid by the Cavaliers undeservedly because of because of his play has not backed up a max contract to this point. Over $1,000 for that second of him giving the ball away. He made a grand to do that. That's that's bewildering. I appreciate that he, you know, apologized. I know I'm tough on Kevin Love on this show a lot. It's just because I love the Cavs. I hate when the Cavs are like this because it's just bottom of the barrel basketball. It's not fun to watch. It's not fun to talk about because it's just sad. We're hoping for ping pong balls, which God knows is that rigged? Is it not rigged? We, we've had so much luck with getting the first round pick previously. That we're probably not going to get it again. And this year they've won a ton of games. I, I hate when the Cavs are like this. So when I get upset at the Cavs and I look at who their best player is allegedly as far as overthecap.com has it and states it. It's Kevin Love. And for as many people that my favorite player on this team is Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. I think you got to build around those two. So for those two young players to get as much scrutiny that they do, that one of them has to be a backup. They're not going to make it in this league. That's not a recipe for success for the Cavs. They're both too small. Where's the size? Where's the defense? Everybody wants to pile on those two players that bust their you-know-whats every night at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, win, lose, lose, heartbreak, buzzer beater style. Those two are there and competing and Kevin Love, who's making all the money, is scoring 12-5 and five a night. He's throwing the ball to the other team. That's where I get a little bit lost. That's where I get a little bit confused, upset, and angry about the Cavs. I appreciate Kevin Love. I do. I, you don't win 2016 without number zero on your roster. The waves that he's made in this city and beyond for, in the mental health community, words can't even begin to describe, you know, and other athletes too that he's influenced to speak out about this issue, like the widespread effect of Kevin Love speaking about that. You, you can't explain, but on the court, man, whoo, the guy is overstayed his welcome. Get the hell out of here. That's our small play of the week. Kevin Love, I'm sorry I had to do it to you. You almost worked your way up for that medium play because of the apology, but I just couldn't swing that. I, I'm hot just talking about it here. Medium play of the week. Let's get some positivity back in here. Downtown Cleveland. It looks absolutely beautiful. This is only my not my big play of the week because my big play of the week is that good. Downtown Cleveland's awesome. I was able to go down the other day and check out that little area where the helmets are at. You could see the NFL draft stage. The city is decorated. They got banners up everywhere. I love when this kind of stuff comes to Cleveland. I'm obviously born here, raised here, fed here, plan to stay here. When this kind of stuff goes down, it's so cool to me because people that come from the outside, whether it just be like people that come from the outside, I mean too, as like the fans that are going to watch it on TV, that might have had some Cleveland jokes like, man, the players are going to have to be dodging construction on the way. You know, all the jokes, it's probably going to rain on Thursday, but they're going to get a chance to see, especially the people that come here, just how cool of a place that downtown Cleveland is to visit and to live. We got some great bars, some great restaurants. There's a ton of stuff to do. They got the Rock Hall on there on display as well with the NFL fan experience where people are going to be able to walk around the beautiful 
beautiful stadium. And it's as, as not much as I was saying that it was ironic that the draft happens, you know, now when the Browns have the 26th pick and there's going to be people, you know, in their brown and orange shirts standing in that stage area waiting for 26 picks to hear a player that might not even start this year. That's cool because it shows how passionate this fan base is. And now that the Browns are relevant, we're going to have people coming out of the woodworks for this thing. There was a line of people when I went downtown to take a picture in front of a big Browns helmet. A line of people to take a picture in front of a helmet. That's it. Nothing came with it. Just a picture with the helmet. There was a line of people waiting out downtown It's an awesome place, and I love when we get big events like this. We got the 2022 All-Star Game coming up. Even before that, we have women's tennis this summer. We got tennis in the CLE or something like that is how it's going to be before the women go to the U.S. Open, their last chance to compete for some seating, some prize money. It's just awesome. I love when this stuff happens. That's all I had to say for my medium play of the week. My big play of the week before we get you out of here has to go to Mr. Jimmy Haslam. Another guy that this city has given his grief over the last, geez, decade. Because the the head coach firings, the constant you know, lack of cohesion within this organization. Jimmy Haslam met with the media, and when he was asked about Baker Mayfield's contract situation, he said he's leaving that up to Andrew Barry. So not only, you know, Jimmy, are you my big play of the week because you finally got this right. You have a hands-off approach. You have the smart people, Andrew Barry, Paul DePodesta, who I, I was unsure about you, Paul, but you're starting to prove me wrong too. Kevin Stefanski, the fact that there's alignment and these guys all agree on things just seems a lot more productive. Seems like we're not having fax machine scandals at the trade deadline when the Browns are trying to get a player and somebody's thankfully, because that player was AJ McCarron, pulling the plug on the fax machine. That kind of stuff means a lot. So for Jimmy Haslam to say he's just leaving that all up to Andrew Barry. Man, that makes me feel good inside. That makes me feel like at least for the moment, at least moving into this this season where expectations are high for the Browns again, that we have some stability in that front office. And also the fact that Jimmy said that, that leads me to believe that Baker's their guy. That fifth-year option was a formality and that there will be a long-term contract extension for Baker Mayfield. He said when the time comes, that will be up to Andrew Barry to figure out those details Boy, that'll be fun when that goes down because we got a franchise quarterback. We're going to have another franchise cornerstone piece at number 26. Who do you want it to be? Follow me on Twitter, guys, at NickPadone12. I'll be chatting it up with you there all day tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for watching Padone My Take. As always, check out that Big Play store. Use promo code Padone for 15% off your Cleveland merchandise store.bigplay.com promo code padone huge thanks to sheldrick redwine awesome interview if you missed any of it the way that you could watch this show for free on demand apple podcasts and spotify just search padone my take subscribe leave five stars you don't even have to give it a rating just subscribe and you'll never miss another episode we'll have that whole interview on there 
Next Wednesday, same bad time, same bad channel, we get to break down the complete Cleveland Browns draft. Should be a fun show. We got some more fun guests as well in the works. Go live your life. Go have some fun. You guys deserve it. It's NFL Draft Week, arguably the best week in Cleveland Browns football season. As the great Joe Tate used to say, good night, everyone.